Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Thank you for joining this week's edition of the Albany Update. First up today, at a time when most New Yorkers still haven't figured out who their member of Congress is, after the last round of redistricting, the New York Court of Appeals has decided that another round of redistricting is in order. Meanwhile, Congress passed the National Defense Authorization Act, but it isn't without its issues, particularly for those of us who are social conservatives. Then, we'll turn our attention to three updates from the U.S. Supreme Court that should be of interest to listeners. And finally, we have a couple of items regarding both church and school security to tell you about. So let's get started. Here we go. The New York Court of Appeals, New York's highest state court, has consigned beleaguered New Yorkers to yet another chaotic round of congressional redistricting. The implication of its decision may be felt nationwide. On December 12, 2023, the Court of Appeals issued a 4-3 decision in Hoffman v. Independent Redistricting Commission. In Hoffman, the court held that the court ordered congressional redistricting maps that went into effect just last year were only intended to be used in the 2022 elections, and not for the rest of the decade. Accordingly, New York's congressional district maps will be redrawn by the New York State Independent Redistricting Commission, or the IRC. The opportunity to replace the current maps is a win for New York Democrats. Last year, the IRC was unable to reach agreement on a set of congressional district maps, so the New York State Legislature drew its own maps. Those maps were blatantly gerrymandered, and they were found unconstitutional in the case of Harkin-Rider v. Hochul. A court-ordered referee was appointed to redraw the maps. Under those maps, the Republicans prevailed in 11 of 26 congressional elections in 2022, an unusually good result for New York Republicans in recent years, helping their party to take a narrow majority in the U.S. House of Representatives. The IRC is required to propose new congressional district maps by the end of next February. If the IRC completes this task, the Democrat-controlled legislature will determine whether to approve the maps. Ultimately, if the legislature is displeased with the maps drawn by the IRC, it is entitled to create its own maps. In fact, that is probably the Democrats' plan. According to the New York Times, the Democrats are widely expected to engage in gerrymandering to target as many as six Republican-held swing seats in the House of Representatives. New York Republicans decried the court's decision and questioned the court's impartiality. The court's decision today is plainly wrong in the Constitution and the law. In their relentless pursuit of power at all costs, corrupt Democrats in Albany and Washington have politicized the Court of Appeals. New York State Republican Committee Chairman Ed Cox and Representative Elise Stefanik said in a joint statement, its once-esteemed reputation is in tatters. State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort added, instead of respecting the will of the voters and the initial ruling by the Court of Appeals, Democrats doubled down and stacked the court, weaponizing our judicial system in an effort to get the decision they wanted. This decision diminished the voice of millions of New Yorkers who demanded fairness, transparency, and accountability in the redistricting process, and marks the beginning of an era of partisan decision-making in New York's highest court. 
In other congressional news, the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2024, or what we commonly refer to as the NDAA, was the focus of a months-long political struggle over the military's divisive policies on abortion, homosexuality, transgenderism, and other matters. That struggle is over. On most issues, the liberal side has prevailed. The Republican-led House of Representatives passed its version of the NDAA on July 14, 2023. The House passed version of the bill contained a variety of provisions that were designed to stop the leftward drift of the U.S. Armed Forces. However, the Democrat-led Senate passed a different version of the NDAA on July 27, 2023, that omitted many of these provisions. As a result, a conference committee was formed to allow the House and the Senate to negotiate the final bill. The final version of the NDAA contains some policies that conservative New Yorkers will appreciate. Among them are provisions imposing a freeze on the hiring of so-called diversity, equity, and inclusion staff in the armed forces, and capping the pay of the military's existing DEI staffers. The NDAA also bans the display of LGBT pride flags at military bases. Other provisions within the NDAA are more controversial including the temporary expansion of a program known as Section 702 that allows the government to spy on communications of foreigners. The biggest problem with the final NDAA is not the language that it includes, but the language that is missing from it. Important conservative provisions contained in the House version of the bill were left out of the final NDAA. One such provision would have forbidden the armed forces from providing insurance coverage for cross-sex hormones and so-called gender reassignment surgeries for military personnel. And another would have made it unlawful for military bases to host drag shows. Most importantly, a proposed ban in the Biden administration's policy of providing paid leave and travel reimbursement to service members who visit other states to obtain abortions was removed from the final version of the bill. The omission of this language is deeply disturbing to pro-life Americans. The NDAA passed the U.S. Senate 87-13 to on December 13, 2023. The following day, the House passed the bill 310-318. to There was bipartisan support and bipartisan opposition to the bill in both houses. New York's two U.S. Senators, Senator Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand, both voted in favor of the bill. Of New York's 25 members of the House of Representatives, 17, including all 10 of New York's House Republicans, voted for the NDAA. Eight House Democrats voted against it. To be clear, none of the New York members of the House who voted against the NDAA did so because they were concerned about taxpayer funding of abortion travel. Each one is pro-abortion. President Joe Biden is expected to sign the NDAA into law. It is disappointing that pro-life members of Congress did not insist upon a ban on travel reimbursement for service members who cross state lines to obtain abortions. The simple fact is this. Some House Republicans, including some New York Republicans, are pro-choice. Furthermore, there is a troubling perception in Washington that being pro-life is a political liability. In our organization, we believe that Republicans who decline, for whatever reason, to take a clear stand for life 
are likely to disillusion and alienate many of the very voters who voted them into office. And now this, three pieces of recent news from the Supreme Court of the United States are of interest to pro-life, pro-family Americans. First, in Tingley v. Ferguson, the court will not hear a legal challenge to a Washington state law barring licensed healthcare providers from engaging in sexual orientation and gender identity change efforts with minor clients. As New Yorkers may recall, New York passed a similar law in 2019. That law was known as the Counselor Coercion Law, and it was enacted despite fierce opposition from our organization. Washington's Counselor Coercion Law was passed in 2018. Its constitutionality was challenged in federal court by Brian Tingley, a licensed marriage and family counselor who believes that a person's sex is a gift from God, integral to our very being. The Ninth Circuit of Appeals ruled in favor of the state of Washington, reasoning that professional counseling is a form of conduct, not constitutionally protected speech. On December 11, 2023, the Supreme Court declined to hear the appeal, leaving Washington's counselor coercion law undisturbed. Three justices of the court, Justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and Brett Kavanaugh dissented, asserting that the court should have taken the case. In his dissent, Justice Thomas noted that different federal appellate courts have reached different results in regard to the constitutionality of counselor coercion laws. Justice Thomas also quoted a prior Supreme Court case, which said regulating the content of professional speech poses the inherent risk that the government seeks not to advance a legitimate regulatory goal, but to suppress unpopular ideas or information. Based on their records in cases relating to sexuality and gender, it is unsurprising that Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Neil Gorsuch were unwilling to take the Tingley case. It is hoped, however, that a future court will have the wisdom and bravery to rule that counselor coercion laws violate the First Amendment. Second, the Supreme Court declined to hear a case, a First Amendment one, out of New York relating to abortion. In Vitagliano v. County of Westchester, Deborah Vitagliano, a pro-life Catholic woman, brought a legal challenge against a Westchester County ordinance. According to the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty, the county ordinance established a 100-foot zone around abortion clinics and prohibited anyone from approaching within eight feet of a person in that zone to provide information or counseling unless given express consent. Vitagliano lost at the trial court level and at the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, but appealed to the Supreme Court. After the appeal was filed, Westchester County backed down, repealing its own ordinance. Despite the fact that the court opted not to hear the case, this is a pro-life win. Third, the Supreme Court has announced that it will hear an appeal of a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals decision in FDA v. Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. This case arises from a decision by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to expand access to abortion pills. Arguments in this important case are expected to be scheduled in the spring of 2024. And finally today, I promised a couple of security updates. While a recent preliminary decision from a federal appeals court represents a step in the right direction in regard to the right to bear concealed arms and houses of worship in the state of New York. On December 8th of this year, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit issued a decision, and in this decision, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals addressed four consolidated cases 
in which various organizations and individuals challenged the New York gun control law known as the Concealed Carry Improvement Act, or the CCIA. The court preliminarily found some parts of the CCIA unconstitutional, but allowed other parts of the law to stand. Specifically, the court blocked the provisions of the CCIA that banned the carrying of firearms on private premises, which are open to the public, that require concealed carry permit applications to submit their social media accounts for government review, and most importantly, at least for Christian gun owners, that prohibit carrying concealed firearms within houses of worship. The court upheld portions of the CCIA that ban concealed carry in sensitive places like parks and theaters, but the court found it problematic that the CCIA treats concealed carry in houses of worship differently than it treats concealed carry in non-religious venues. This decision means that for now, New York concealed carry permit holders may now carry firearms within houses of worship, whether or not they are security team members. The court noted that its decision does not determine the ultimate constitutionality of the challenged CCIA provisions, which await further briefing, discovery, and historical analysis, both in these cases as they proceed and perhaps in other cases. And finally, let me remind you that as we close out the calendar year, we're also closing out our fiscal year, and we really could use your financial support. So if you believe in what we're doing, we would encourage you to make a generous tax-deductible donation at newyorkfamilies.org donate. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate, Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.